welcome to Hearts and Stripes, your one-stop shop for all things military marriage. I hope our discussions and interviews equip you with the tools to start or grow a beautiful marriage as we address the benefits and challenges of marriage. I believe life's most precious moments are worth celebrating, so I'll help you design your marriage blueprint in alignment with your core values. Thank you for joining us, and remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Let's do this. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Brie Carroll, and I am here to welcome you to Hearts and Stripes podcast. I am so excited about this heart to heart as we kick off this leadership and marriage series. And it is my honor to interview so many of our armed forces leadership during this series. And I really hope that you lean in and learn lessons in love in marriage and in leadership as we go through this series. So my first guest, I am over the moon that I have the opportunity to talk to. We will be talking to Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Joanne S. Bass. So let me give you a little bit of her bio and then we will dive in and you will hear from her as she joins us in this heart's heart. So Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Joanne S. Bass, represents the highest enlisted level of leadership and as such provides direction for the enlisted force and represents their interests as appropriate to the American public and to those in all levels of government. She serves as the personal advisor to the chief of staff and secretary of the Air Force on all issues regarding the welfare, readiness, morale, and proper utilization and progress of more than 600,000 total force airmen. Chief Bass is the 19th Chief Master Sergeant appointed to the highest non-commissioned officer position. I am excited. I hope that you help me welcome our very own, shout out to the Air Force, Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force. So again, everyone, help me to welcome our Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Chief Bass. Thank you so much for joining us on Hearts and Stripes podcast. Say hello to everyone. Hello. How are you, Hearts and Stripes podcast? And and hey, Bree, it's good to see you again. Yes, so good to see you. Um, It was always a pleasure. Um, We actually chatted um, a few months ago. I had the opportunity to see you at the Military Spouse of the Year luncheon, which was phenomenal, um, which I, I, such an honor to even have this, this platform and this opportunity to just advocate in this way. And you have always been very open and discussing, especially um, the advocacy area that I focus on, which is strengthening military marriages. So, so good to chat with you again. Thank you. You too, I'll be honest, um, you know, you had me at hello. As, as soon as I heard that you did a podcast to strengthen marriages, I, I, I was ecstatic because I don't think there's anything more important um, to our ability to be the people that we are than strengthening that marriage for those who are married, right? And so I, you had me a hello, Brie, and I couldn't be more excited to be here um, with you and spend some time. 
Awesome. I, I am really excited to dive in. Um, and, and we're going to kick it off the same way that we always do, which is sharing your mill marriage story. So chief, you are in the hot seat now. Share your mill marriage story. We want to hear all the good stuff um, and, and let us know kind of what what your marriage and your mill marriage relationship looks like. You know, what's funny. I wish my husband was here to be able to share because we probably have two different sides of the story. But, you know, I had an um, it was 1993 Pope Air Force Base, my first duty station. And I think I had been on the base for maybe about two weeks. And then like any good young airman, um, you got to find out where to go and where to hang out. And so oh, yeah. was like, you got, you, everybody's like, you got to go to the Fort Bragg NCO club, you know, like where else do 18 and 19 and 20 year olds go hang out. And so we went to the Fort Bragg NCO club and there was my husband, um, not the husband at the time, but there was Ron and, um, and he saw me and I saw him. Um, he's a young private. I'm a young airman, and it it was not love at first sight. Oh, it, it, but but it was probably less. You know, we were doing our '90s dancing, and and oh yeah. That, but we met back in June 1993. Um, he was stationed at Fort Bragg, and and we dated off and on for about three years, and we got married in 1996. And in fact, we just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. That is awesome. I love that. 25 years. That is exciting. You guys got to do something, something big. What, what did you do? Did you celebrate in any special way? So we did go out to dinner, um, which I, can I first say that that's a big feat because like many of our military couples probably, if, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're not like me, but I hear a lot of military couples who forget their anniversaries or miss their anniversaries or they're deployed. Yes. We have um, we have been absent from each other because of deployments or, or, you know, timelines more often than not. And mm. so it was really a big deal for us to just, you know, me get back from TDY and two days after our anniversary, we did have a dinner together and it was really sweet. It was just us celebrating 25 years. And then, um, a few days later, we took a few days of leave and we went down to Florida and enjoyed ourselves. Love that. But I feel like, you know, we don't get so caught up as much in a single day than we do just cherishing every day with each other. Mm, yes, ma'am. I, I absolutely love that. And that's something that we encourage here on the podcast as well. You don't have to wait for those big milestones or the big family vacation, because what you'll end up doing is you'll put off caring for your relationship until, and, and we don't want to wait till until happens. We want to be um, cognizant of each moment and each even small opportunity uh, to write a little note and leave in a bag before they go TDY or, or a little phone call or a little text message that says, I'm thinking of you. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Those small things really make a huge difference because they add up as it fills that person's love tank and, and so that they can continue to have a relationship that thrives. Agree, agree. So I absolutely love that. Um, I had an opportunity to meet your spouse um, at the luncheon, and I was so grateful that he was able to join us there too. Um, it really me means a great deal, especially as a, I'll say as a civilian spouse, I really look at mill to mill couples as like, wow, like that is, that is difficult. Um, both 
um, being called to the mission, serving in their own regard and still coming together and finding time to, to really connect. How have you guys kind of figured that out, that, that kind of battle rhythm of, of staying connected as you both serve? Yeah. You know, through trial and error, like honestly, um, we've been, like I said, married 25 years and I think we've probably learned from our errors more than, more than not, but the key is like learning. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a very rough balance. I think not just for dual military, uh, members, but dual working members, um, to be able to figure out a balance on how much you pour out into work, how much you pour out into your children, and then how much are you actually cultivating that marriage? And, and so, we had to learn through trial and error. There was a period of time, especially when our kiddos were younger, um, right after I had my babies, I felt like um, my role of mom and his role of dad took over, more importantly, kind of took over that priority of being mom and dad versus being husband and wife. And so um, mm. we learned from that error, right? Like I think it was three years before we went on a date after my oldest was born. Wow. Like, like that's not healthy for anybody. And you don't realize it. You get sucked into parenthood. You get <laughs> yes. Sucked, yes. You get sucked into work. And then all of a sudden you realize, man, we're like roommates, you know? And so we, we learned through those errors on how we have to prioritize our time together and um, just practical ways that we do that. Like, when we do come home, like we actually look at each other face to face, eyeball to eyeball, we put our phones away, we put any distractions and devices away. And we try to just talk about our day and what's going on. Um, I also always have to warn my husband, like, you know, I just need you to listen. I don't need to do to solve this, you know? So, oh, so good. Yes. That's a good one right there, man. Yes. Right there. <laughs> like, you know, you know, I'm being generalistic, but you know, guys tend to try to fix things. So I'm like, listen, I just need you to listen. And then, you know, but anyway, we've learned trial and error, how to balance our time. Um, Cause we used to pride ourselves in just giving each other five minutes of debrief time. Here's what I'm doing. I'm picking up from soccer practice. I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And then we're exhausted and we don't connect and talk. So we're more meaningful today than we ever have been on trying to be able to really connect, give, give some focus time to each other. Um, but we've also been married long enough that we actually appreciate our own individual time too. Yes. I, I, I think that is huge though. There's a couple of really big points there that I hope people kind of leaned into one, getting those distractions out the way and kind of really having, um, effective communication, listening to one another letting your spouse know, like, this is not a, I need you to fix it moment. This is just, I need you to hear me moment. And, and so that I feel seen and heard. And, and I also love that you do have that individual time. We are really big on that. When it comes to this podcast, I really feel like you have to show up for yourself first before you can show up for your relationship and build and feed that individual person uh, so that you can show up to your relationship whole. And I also so appreciate the fact that you're transparent and saying like, it was trial and error. Like you figured it out along the way. And it was a journey that you did together with your spouse. You weren't perfect. You prioritize things differently than, than you do now. And you learn from each of those things. So um, we are not here. I have yeah. to tell you one point that I learned and it took me like 20 years to learn. Ooh, this. Okay. Like, and, and that is that 
sometimes when I felt the need, like I had to talk to my husband or I had to share something or um, maybe it was, I had to share my frustration with them, right? Like what I learned is when I feel like I've got to say something or do something or whatever, and I need his attention that, you know, I may not be asking him or talking to him at a time where he's ready to give my, his full attention, right? Mm, And I'm mm -hmm. frustrated, then he's frustrated. So here's what I had to learn over time. Hey, you know, when you have time, I've got some things that I have to chat with you about, like, I, but I need 20 minutes of focus time. And then of course he's like, well, sure. I have it right now, you know, versus, you know, mm, like, you know, and yeah. now he's mentally prepped or maybe that's not the right time because he's got something else going on. And he's like, absolutely. One hour later, but I was very demanding in most of our marriage where I felt like, um, here and now, right now, ready, ready <laughs> to talk. Like, if you care, if you love me, we're going to do it right now. So I've had to learn to communicate with my spouse, you know, in an even more effective way than I communicate with those that I'm around all the time at work, you know, yeah. I have to spend more time making sure that I apply communication skills with my spouse too. And so, Hey babe, you know, I've got something really important to talk about, or, Hey, we've got to talk about the, you know, kids, this, like we, you know, we just need some time and then he can, you know, mentally, okay, here it is. Right. I, I absolutely love that. And I, and I appreciate how you started to, to transition into our next topic, which is how does that marriage impact your leadership? Because I really do feel like we get to practice all of these leadership skills at home first, right? We get to work that in our relationships and our relationships have the opportunity to make us even better leaders as we communicate um, in our squadrons, in our units. Um, so, So share a little bit about that from your perspective, what are some maybe lessons learned that you did take from your relationship to leadership and maybe vice versa that you learned um, in leadership that you transitioned into something that helped enhance your marriage? Yeah. So while me and Ron fundamentally have the same values, we're very different people and how we execute is very different. Um, (laughs) I am very much an A-type personality and he is very much a B-type. Um, I'm pretty, you know, focused and high strung and like this, and he's pretty laid back and everybody loves him. And so, (laughs) yes, like he has, he has taught me, you know, that, that there's so much goodness in differences of personalities and, um, you know, our marriage has a hundred percent impacted the person, the airman that I am, you know, if our marriage is on point, um, then I'm on point as an airman. The things that he's taught me with his B personality has been invaluable to the way I lead and the way I am at work, you know, and, and oh, by the way, because he's my helpmate, he also tells me those very uncomfortable truths that sometimes others won't tell you or you yeah. don't hear from somebody else. And mm-hmm. he tells me because he loves me, you know? And so when he says, Hey, you're wrong. Like, you know, I don't know that I would take that from anybody else, but he's, he's one who, because he loves me, he's going to tell me when, when I am wrong and help guide me to be a better person first and foremost, and then a better leader. And so, um, you know, a hundred percent, he makes me a better airman and a leader. I probably don't tell him enough, but, but it's, it's, you know, I've learned that through again, our differences and, and just his observations. Absolutely. Well, yeah, that, that is such a, a huge point. And I, and I really hope 
that the spouses that are listening, the active duty members, our reservist guard members, you hear that your spouse helps to make you one, a better person and has the power to make you a better airman, a better leader. And, and I really think that is something that we don't call enough attention to, which is why I'm super excited about this marriage and leadership series. Cause it really, I really do believe that it does go hand to hand. And I'm excited to hear that, that you see that as well as you live out and, and walk out this role as our chief master sergeant of the air force. So I, I do want to ask you, cause you definitely have dropped so many practical things that we can already apply. What would you say is your big piece of advice for um, our airmen and, and our uh, armed forces members, or maybe even a resource that you have um, to share with them? So, you know, as I mentioned, I met Ron at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and those sweet Southern women kind of put me, you know, <laughs> took me, kind of took me under their wings and, and taught me some foundational basics um, of, of marriage, right? And I'll never forget that there, there was a lady who one time mentioned something about you should never treat others better than you treat your own family. And I was like, hmm, that hurt. And she gave hmm. an example. She's like, I mean, think about it. When your neighbors come by or when a friend comes by, you go to the door, you greet them, you give them a hug, you welcome them in. Your spouse comes home and you're like, Hey, you know, when you're busy cooking dinner, like, no, no big deal. You don't do. And so that stuck with me forever. I was like, I should never treat others better than I treat my spouse. And so I, I'm not perfect still, but when Ron comes home or I come home, we do our best to at least put, you know, provide some attention. You know, again, I should never be treating other people, the people that I work with or strangers or neighbors better than I treat my own spouse. And so that would be my advice that I would give people. Oh, chief, that is so good. And I'm like taking personal notes, like, Ooh, I might need to work on that right there because you're absolutely right. Even I'm thinking of my personality when some, a guest is coming over, I like roll out the red car. I'm already a planner by nature. So I like want to make sure everything. And I'm sitting here thinking, cause my husband is away at, at on a TDY now. And I'm like, Ooh, we need to do it, how, however I would treat a guest coming, I need to top that for him. So you got my, you got my, my gears turning here and I need to think about that and just be intentional. I think that's really what it comes down to being intentional about how we treat our partners, being intentional about how we treat our family, the thought that goes into how we care for other people, whether that be in a leadership role or in just out in your community, your neighbors, your friends, being intentional about doing that and some right for our, for our family. I, I love that. That's such a great um, bit of advice that that was really good. And, and, you know, people just need to be them again for it trial and error. That's how I've, that's how we have learned after 25 years, you know, you, you watch TV and you watch movies and those that's TV and those are movies, right? Like that is not necessarily real life. And right. Or you see neighbors and you think like, man, what an amazing marriage those folks have. Again, you don't get to see everything. And right. what I've learned is marriage takes work, like mm -hmm. a lot of work. Um, and, and you learn through trial and error on how to, um, how to be the best versions of yourself and how to bring out the best in each other. I love that. Well, Chief, do you have a 
preferred resource or it can be a leadership or a marriage resource because we already discussed they go hand in hand, right? So is there a resource that maybe we could look to if you have a book? We're not going to ask you your favorite podcast because, you know, we're going to just assume, right? <laughs> but a resource that you would have maybe for um, anyone who's listening that could maybe tap into. Absolutely. I have um, a book. As I mentioned to you, you know, we didn't go when my oldest was born, we went on our first date like three years later and we were kind of in a deficit. Like our, our, you know, the love bank was on empty and we didn't learn about that love bank until I think we read um, a book called his needs, her needs Mm, phenomenal mm -hmm. book. I think we only made it to like chapter four, but it talked to us about like that love bank and in a practical way where we started to understand that. So I would offer his needs, her needs is a great book to help kind of level out and speak to you as, as husband and wife. And then another one, and we also love marriage retreats and most of your installations and your chapels um, sponsor marriage retreats. I go to them any chance that we can. And we've been to several in our lifetime. We, we call it a checkup in the same way I go to the dentist. I need, we have to do a marriage checkup and get that regularly. And so we went to a marriage retreat and we heard um, the video or we watched the video, um, laugh your way to a perfect marriage. It is hilarious. Yes. Love that. Yes. But it talks to you about the differences of the way, again, generalistically, the way women think and the way men think and, uh, you know, just a phenomenal resource. And so, um, his needs, her needs and laugh your way to a perfect marriage, I think is phenomenal. I think that is awesome. We're going to link all of that in the show notes so that you guys can easily access these resources. Chief, you have been fantastic. I'm so grateful for you taking the time. But before I let you go, I have to ask you um, our favorite question here. It's our favorite segment. It's about our heart tracks. You can find all of our heart tracks on our Spotify playlist. We will link that below in the show notes as well so that you can get a reminder as you go through your day through the songs that are shared here on Hearts and Stripes podcast. So Chief, what is our heart track for this episode? All right. For this episode, for the Bass family, we, our song, our theme song for for us as a couple is Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. Oh, that's a good one. I I won't tell you that Ron does Lionel's piece and I do Diana's and we should probably never do it in public, but we feel like we sound amazing. And this sounds like a great opportunity at karaoke. We want to see it at the next Air Force ball. Shameless request. Someone recorded. I think that would be amazing. I love that. We, we are made for each other because we both can't sing, and so, yeah. <laughs> but, but we love it. That, that's our song. Oh, I love that. So endless love. That is our heart track for this episode. Chief, thank you. Thank you again for your leadership, um, for modeling, not a perfect marriage, but a marriage that continues to um, figure it out, to keep striving, to thrive. And that is what we love to see here at Hearts and Strikes Podcast. So thank you so much for being here and joining us for our Marriage and Leadership Series. Thank you, Bree. Appreciate what you do. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. This is Hearts and Stripes. We are the few, the proud, that aim high and are forged by love. Always ready, always there. We are Mill Marriage Strong.